Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Cinema Soft Underbelly. I'm your host, Eugene Weaver, and if you're listening, then you should know that the show is all about horror science fiction, fantasy, gems in the rough, all that good stuff, and today I am going to talk briefly about the very, very minor underbelly of Disney movies. Now, I'm not going to be hitting on many Disney movies, just a few in particular, and that mainly uh, is because of my recent trip to Walt Disney World in Orlando, Florida. I just got back yesterday, and um, while I would guess that most of the listeners to a uh, a underground uh, horror show don't want to hear about a Walt Disney trip, I'll keep that, uh, I'll keep most of the information about the actual, uh, you know, ups and downs of that vacation to uh, maybe some some good banter back and forth with uh, Eric Murr on Movie Freaks, the other podcast that I co-host. Um, what I'll do with this, though, is talk just briefly about a couple movies that I think might kind of fall under that, um, I, I guess are a little bit more overlooked and should be given a second uh, a second chance, or in, in honestly, in a lot of cases, maybe just a, a first viewing because they're they're quite good and um, they don't get the love that I think that they deserve. The first one is, uh, and I've talked about, I won't spend too much time on this show uh, talking about this particular movie because I've talked about it already on my own show and on Movie Freaks, and that is 1979's The Black Hole. Um, now, the reason that I'm bringing this movie up again is I, 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 I truly saw on this trip just how obscure some of these movies are in the plethora of Disney movies and just, um, the, I guess, in the minds of Disney people and movie fans in general. So I, uh, I go to one of the bigger uh, apparel stores in Disney World. So we're, we're shopping, and that's part of the fun about being in Disney World is just walking around their gigantic stores filled with toys, candy, clothes, uh, more toys, more candy. They're, it, they're, they're gigantic. It's like they're almost like mall-sized, um, or at least department store-sized, like the size of a, of a Target store. It, it's, it, they're huge, these stores. So we go to one of the bigger ones because I figured, you know what, there's going to be some, maybe some some certain things here that you wouldn't find in uh, in some of the smaller stores, like maybe the 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 mall or the uh, the hotel lobby gift store, which is admittedly for where we stayed at Animal Kingdom Lodge, uh, admittedly was very very big. Not near as big as this, though. So I'm walking through the the apparel, looking for some shirts. And I thought, you know, I'm just going to, just out of curiosity, I want to see if they have um, some vintage-type shirts because there's tons of Star Wars stuff, obviously, and there's the usual Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, Goofy, all that stuff. Um, 
and then the more princessy stuff for girls. I'm like, so I go up to this this young lady that it's she's in the men's clothing department, and I say, hey, look, I've got this question for you. I'm just curious. Um, do you happen to uh, happen to know if there's any place in Disney World that sells anything that um, that has anything to do with two movies in particular. One was The Black Hole. And um, and this is funny. They she was she looked at me and she was like, I what are what's what are those movies? And the other one I'll tell you here in a little bit. But she was like, I don't I have never even heard of that movie. I'm like, what? You you work at Disney and you uh, haven't even heard of that movie. And so she said, well, let me, let me, um, go get the, uh, it's like, this was when she's like, let me go get one of the, uh, the older gentlemen here. He may know. So immediately I'm feeling pretty old. So she goes over to this fairly old gentleman behind the counter and she says, Hey, this guy's got a question. And then she immediately walks away because she had no clue. So I explained my, said, here's what I'm looking for. Do you guys have anything like that? And he was like, and one was for the black hole and, and he knew what these movies were. Uh, and he was like, Oh no, no, Disney doesn't. He's like, we don't sell anything like that anywhere in any of the parks. And I said, I'm guessing it's because of lack of interest. And he said, yeah, if it, which I guess it makes sense. He's like, if it doesn't, if it doesn't, uh, sell, if it doesn't move off the shelf, then Disney's not going to sell it. So even though there is some outer spacey things, like there's space, like in, in the Space Mountain Pavilion, like where Space Mountain Ride is, there's some different Space Mountain shirts. And if you go into uh, any number of rides, and after the ride, there's generally going to be some shirts that are geared to that particular ride. I was just hoping that there would be something from The Black Hole, which is one of my very favorite Disney movies. And nope, there was nothing. And uh, so anyway, I thought, well, I'm going to just, that means that that movie is kind of the underbelly of Disney movies. And again, I won't spend too much time on this particular movie because I have talked about it before, but uh, Gary Nelson directed it. This was back in 1979 and this was groundbreaking for its time. This movie, um, not just in the special effects, but just the way that the movie was, uh, was actually lensed. And, um, uh, just the fact that it, it, yes, it is one of the Star Wars-ish type knockoffs, which is, um, I think it's unjustly, uh, unjustly classified as that because it's so much more. Um, the special effects, Disney originally wanted to rent the uh, Dijkstra Flex camera system that was created for Star Wars uh, in 1977, and which is the first computer-controlled camera from ILM. However, the price and rental terms were unacceptable, so Disney created their own version instead. What resulted was Disney's ACES, Automated Camera Effects System, uh, which was radically superior to the Dystroflex system, the matte scan system, which enabled the camera to move on a matte painting uh, that was previously impossible in a computer-controlled uh, uh, modeling stand. I think that that is... Um, so fascinating. And if you see the movie, you'll know, I guess, thinking about this, uh, you can see it in numerous shots, how, how this 
to me, a lot of the effects are superior than what is seen in the original uh, untinkered with Star Wars from 77 before George Lucas uh, fixed some of, or not fixed, but just changed some things around. Uh, this one definitely feels superior in the special effects area. Um, a couple other quick tidbits, and this is basically, it's, it's about a crew. They stumble across this derelict ship in the middle of outer space, go to investigate, and here it's, it turns out that this uh, this spaceship was uh, taken over by in fact let me just see the um, the Cygnus is what the ship is called and they board this huge ship and they find that um, um, basically the ship has been taken over it's uh, got a bunch of robots on it and this crazy uh, crazy mad scientist played by Maximilian Schell and his evil red henchman robot, and they are going to take this humongous spaceship into a black hole. So the the crew of the uh, Palomino, yeah, they are now out to stop this guy from doing that. There's the storyline. Um, I don't want to spend too much time on that just because I, I've talked about the movie before. I want to talk a little bit more about the just some interesting technical uh, specs on the movie. This was Disney's first PG-rated movie, and I think that is cool, and it is, um, again, maybe very telling for its time that it was going after Star Wars, so let's let's do something a little bit more, um, I don't know, a little bit more hard-hitting, and I will say that re-watching this one definitely, definitely... Uh, feels PG. There, especially towards the end, things take a very dark turn, uh, much more so than even I would think that a movie like this would. You just have to see it to know what I'm talking about, but it doesn't, it's not your typical cookie cutter ending for a Disney movie. So, um, at the time of the release, the film featured the longest computer graphic sequence that had ever appeared in a film, and that was the green grid sequence that appears in the opening titles, which is so cool. And try, just try to get that music out of your head. It's so, um, that just, once you hear it, you just can't get it out of your head. It's really, really good. Uh, the film Star Trek Motion Picture released the same year. Uh, that was the two last Hollywood films to include an overture. Uh, once a common feature for major studio releases, and this film's overture is actually cut from television broadcasts, although uh, it is included in uh, certain showings uh, on cable and then the DVD release. Now, I bought this off of Voodoo in HD and because I needed to own, own this thing, and uh, that overture is in the beginning, but this soundtrack is phenomenal, and it gets overshadowed by something like Star Trek and Star Wars. It is, I think, equally as good. It's just one of those things where the movie didn't do quite as good, and so um, it just kind of got it got forgotten. And it's unfortunate because it's such a good soundtrack. This was regarded as the last big special effects production to be made under the old studio system. All of the elaborate special effects were created within the Disney studio and were not farmed out to the outside special effects company. So this was all done in the mouse house. I think that's really, really cool. And again, the... Um, the special effects are truly phenomenal. And even watching it today, all these years later, this is this is a while ago now, I think that the effects hold up amazingly. Uh, definitely 
one to revisit. I highly advise you to uh, drop the money and at the very least rent it off of Vudu, but I um, it pretty much paid for itself now for how many times I've watched it off of uh, Vudu. Just, I bought the HD version for probably 14 or 15 bucks and totally worth it. It looks fantastic. So anyway, this was one that, um, that I could watch over and over again. It's, I think that it gets scraped under the rug of Disney. I do think that, um, that it's due for a remake. The storyline itself is so unique and the setting is perfect for Disney magic for a whole new, um, plethora of special effects. I could see these being cutting edge, especially because Disney is just firing on all cylinders right now with uh, their big budget live action reboots. Now, obviously this is not, this is already a live action movie, but it, I think that it would do great as a remake. And it, there has been talk for years now of this being remade now that Tron had the, uh, the remake sheen. Speaking of which, um, I would love to see another Tron too as well. Uh, so just saying that, um, uh, well, oh, a couple other quick things. Uh, the film takes place in 2130, and uh, Disney promoted the black hole on its Sunday evening program, Disney's Wonderful World, in an episode called Major Effects, which aired December 16th, 1979. This lighthearted semi-documentary featured Joseph Bottoms, who plays Lieutenant Charlie Pizer in the film, as the title character, Major Effects. Um, so, anyway, I'm going to keep going on and on and on. I, I could talk about this movie... Um, over and over, it's so good. Uh, even this is another thing where Star Wars. Just think about this: Star Wars has uh, has so many toys out now, and this movie did too. And uh, these are officially considered vintage toys. They don't make these things anymore, to my knowledge, and they're probably fairly highly sought after. Even like the Star Wars toys, but just think about how even more so something like this would probably be. So anyway, that's something that's, I think, kind of interesting. But I do hope that with the success of The Jungle Book and Cinderella and Maleficent and some of the other Disney live-action properties that The Black Hole is finally remade, I think that it would do phenomenal. And I think that this would be so uh, great to include in their theme parks as a ride, uh, either a 3D-type ride or an actual roller coaster would be fantastic. Um, I know that the Aerosmith ride is currently shut down over at Hollywood Studios, which is one of the reasons why we didn't go over there is because literally it's being, Hollywood Studios is being redone with uh, Star Wars and I want to say some more Toy Story, Pixar type stuff. So there is very few things that are open, I guess. And the Tower of Terror, which is a fantastic ride, that is open, but the Aerosmith Rock and Roller Coaster ride is shut down. And I'm like, you know I'm not paying all that money just to go over for one ride. There's just so little to do over there anymore. But I think it would be so cool to take the very dated Aerosmith um, idea and scrap that and make a black hole roller coaster. That would be so cool. Uh, something very reminiscent to Space Mountain in the Magic Kingdom, which is admittedly still one of the coolest roller coasters I have ever been on. Um, but make so that the entire coaster is almost entirely in the dark and all sorts of spacey special effects. Who cares if it's kind of a ripoff of Space Mountain? It would be awesome. I would, I'm just geeking out over stuff like that. Okay, um, that is the black hole. And then um, just briefly, I'm going to touch on the movie Tron. And that's from 1982. Now, this one here I don't like near as much, 
uh, as the original Black Hole, but it's still a good movie. Uh, Steven uh, Leisberger directed this, and I hope I didn't pronounce his last name wrong. It could be Leisberger, whatever. It's, uh, it's The effects for the time were fantastic. Uh, this is one that I was not allowed to see in the theaters back when I was a kid because there was rumors that this was making people sick because of the crazy bonkers special effects, which is pathetic. Um, but it, uh, most of the movie actually is in uh, in this computer-generated CGI world, which for back then, I mean, this is impressive. Um, so anyway, yeah, basically, Jeff Bridges gets sucked into this video game, and he has to fight his way out. There you go. There's a storyline. Um, some tidbits about this movie. Now, this is one I will say I did not actually ask the, the people at Disney World if they had anything Tron-related. I could see maybe a little bit more of a Tron... Uh, a little bit more Tron stuff there just because there was the sequel to Tron. And I think the closest thing that we would get would be in Epcot at uh, the Test Track, which is a somewhat kind of a roller coaster where you just go in a car and you go really fast. Um, you get to design your own car, and that is very Tron-like in how the weight area... That's basically the queue is um, is designed. It's very Tron-esque. So I would consider that to be the closest thing to reminiscent of this movie. Um, Disneyland, not Disney World, Disneyland guests can place space paranoids in a Tomorrowland souvenir store in the back of the Space Mountain exit. The game currently sits next to a Tron arcade game and several uh, Fix-It Felix Jr. arcade games. FLN holds all of the high scores. With it. I'm just reading some generic stuff off IMDb because I think it's interesting and I like these movies. Uh, okay, anyway. At the, at the time, computers could generate static images but could not automatically put them in motion. Thus, the, uh, the coordinations um, for each... The coordinates for each image, such as a light cycle, had to be entered for each individual frame. It took 600 coordinators to get four seconds of film. Oh, did I say coordinate? Ah, see. Eh, I'm still getting over the vacation. Um... Bear with me here, please. It took 600 coordinates to get four seconds of film. Each of these coordinates were entered uh, into the computer by hand by the filmmakers. And now look where we are today. Uh, people on their own home computers can do CGI stuff. So, uh, wow. Many Disney animators refused to work on this movie because they feared that computers would put them out of business. In fact, 22 years later, Disney closed its hand-drawn animation studio in favor of CGI animation. Hand-drawn animation was ultimately resumed at Disney at the at the request of new creative director John uh, Lasseter, also head of Pixar, ironically a computer animation company. So, there you go. Very, very cool. I think this movie is really good. It uh, is a lot more dated for being three years, uh, three years newer than Tron. It feels a lot more dated than Tron, uh, than The Black Hole. Uh, so anyway, good movie. And last but not least, and this was the one that that I was surprised that the first person at this store in Disney World that she didn't know about the the, the guy that I talked to after he did hear of, of the movie, but he was like, oh no, there's nothing here like that. And that is 1985's The Black Cauldron. Uh, this is an animated movie, and it bombed. Uh, and because of that, it all but got buried. It, they. Disney did release it on DVD, but not uh, not on Blu-ray, which is unfortunate. I mean, that's the way it is. Uh, 
I did watch this movie recently, and while uh, while it is a very, very good movie, and I, I don't want to spend too much time on this movie because I would like to talk about this a bit more on Movie Freaks because we are going to do a, a major Disney movie review uh, segment through a lot of December. Um, I wanted to hit, hit on it just a little bit here because this movie is extremely dark, and this is very dark after the movie was uh, was cut down by, I want to say, close to uh, nine, ten minutes. The uh, um, There's a lot of backstory to this movie as to what did not work. And um, um, and just the fact that it got so dark and so, so evil, I guess you could say, that uh, it just kind of, kind of bombed. And it's unfortunate because it's, the movie is stunning. Uh, the version of the film released to theaters emits about 10 to 15 minutes of fully animated footage, including scenes of graphic violence, and uh, there's all sorts of undead coming back to life in the end, and it's just so crazy that this was all shot, and I can't believe that they did not reinstate that footage back into the movie at some point for a super-duper release. I think that would be so cool to see what was cut out of the film, but nope, I uh, will be surprised if we ever do see that footage, but you never know. Um, but as far as this being remade, I can't imagine, although it very much has a Lord of the Rings type feel, and I think that it would, it would um, make for another really good live action uh, reboot, but I'm guessing that because of the how poorly it did, it's simply not going to, uh, not going to see the light of day again. So anyway, the, um, according to the producer, Joe Hale, when, uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg first screened the film, he told it us to cut it by 10 minutes. Uh, Roy Disney and I got together and found some scenes we could get rid of that didn't affect the story that much. When they ran it again for Jeffrey Katzenberg and the film finished, he asked, uh, Roy Edward Disney, is that 10 minutes? And when Disney replied that no, it was only about six minutes, Katzenberg stated, I said 10 minutes. He'll continued. Eventually, he cut out about 12 minutes, which really hurt the picture. And you can tell. It is choppy. The movie is choppy. And that's just silly. It's so ridiculous. Why would you do that? Um, anyway, Tim Burton worked as a conceptual artist on the film, wanted to incorporate minions of the Horned King that were akin to the facehuggers from the Alien uh, movie. Ridley Scott's Alien. Uh, some samples of his work can be seen on Disney's 2000 DVD of this title. Um, so, anyway, um, uh, there is an urban legend that despite the film's failure in the U.S., it was popular in Japan, so much so that the creator of the Le Legend of Zelda series based a lot of the game's elements on this film. And that could be maybe somewhat true. If I, I imagine if everything would be put back into this movie, I could see this movie totally being a PG-13 rated comedy because as it is, even the PG ver uh, version is pretty dark. It's There's no songs to my knowledge and it's pretty much um, all serious business. So I actually remember when this movie came out in the theaters, uh, another one that I remember walking through the theater to see something else and there was a big marquee for the Black Cauldron. I'm like, oh, Whatever that is, that looks so cool. I want to see that. Nope, not going to see that one. So I, I watched it years later. And uh, yeah, it's it's a fun movie. Uh, fun as in very dark and very underbelly-ish for Disney. I want to spend a little bit more time on this movie, though, 
when I talk about some more Disney movies on Movie Freaks. So, but those are the three movies that I think kind of fit a little bit more into the underbelly of Disney. Tron, not quite as much because it gets a little bit more respect, mainly because there was a, a remake, or not remake, but a sequel of sorts made with huge budget effects and all that stuff. But there are three very underappreciated movies that I do think should have more of a presence at the parks and that Disney should acknowledge a little bit more, especially Black Hole and The Black Cauldron. Will they ever? I could see that The Black Hole would have more of a chance of getting remade or rebooted or whatever. I'm guessing remade eventually um, because there has been rumblings from the director of Tron, uh, the Tron sequel. So you just, you never know. It could happen. Uh, I really, really, really hope it does. Um, but they're all good. They're all good in their own right. And it was, uh, I thought, kind of sad that um, a Disney worker that worked in the clothing line that she hadn't even heard of these movies. You work at Disney. How can you not have heard of these movies? Um, even the Black Cauldron, at least that's a cartoon. That fits under the banner of Disney cartoon. What? Uh, even I know that. I know pretty much every single Disney cartoon that has ever come out, and I know the Black Cauldron. Uh, oh, well, whatever. It is what it is. Um, check these movies out. They're not the easiest to find. Now, Tron does have a Blu-ray release. I have it. It's a great transfer. Check that one out. But as far as the other two, those you will need to watch via uh, Vudu or maybe an Amazon streaming service. But they are both very worth the time and money invested to watch these. Uh, I can only imagine what a true, fully remastered Blu-ray re release would look of, especially the black hole. Um, it would look phenomenal. And just because the HDX version that I have already looks really, really good. So makes me want to go watch the movie again, and I watched it a couple months ago, I think. Good stuff. Okay. Um, other than that, the Disney vacation was great. I love Disney. This is all part of um, a greater thing, and that's just the love of cinema and the love of art, and um, that's me. That's what I love. That's why I love Disney. It doesn't matter that it's for kids. It makes it turns adults into kids, and I love that. Even though I'm a horror freak, I, it turns me into a kid. It makes me want to watch all these old Disney movies like The Little Mermaid and Lion King and all these movies again. And, which is great. I think that's it's good to stay uh, young at heart and be a kid, especially in these troubling times with a crazy election coming up and all that stuff. Let's try to remember that that um, we're all one species. Let's try and have fun and let's all remember that we were kids once and there you go. Just try to be a kid a little bit more and less serious. There you go. There's my lesson for the day. I'm yapping now. Uh, watch Black Hole. Watch Tron. Watch The Black Cauldron. Uh, go to Disney World. It's great. One of the greatest places on earth. Trust me, it is. And uh, next time you hear me, I'll be on Movie Freaks, finishing up our Halloween stuff. You can get a hold of me at eugene-weaver at hotmail.com. Also, like I said, make sure to tune in to Movie Freaks over on iTunes. That's where you can find us. And Facebook. We're all over Facebook. We post movie reviews, all that other good stuff. And then our friends over at Cinema Sidekicks. Uh, listening to them uh, recently talk about Psycho was quite uh, enjoyable and uh, also the David Cronenberg fly. So uh, thanks guys. Keep up the good work over on your end. That's going to do it for my show today. Thanks again for listening and until next time. Mm -hmm.